Welcome to the Pizza Palooza Not So Manic Monday podcast. I'm your host, Diane Cresilius, a physical therapist, owner of ABC Pediatric Therapy Network, and co creator of the Pizza Palooza community and conferences where extraordinary networking happens. I want to welcome you to the community, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. I'm really excited about this podcast. We're going to talk about relationship. What makes a great relationship? A relationship is the way two or more people are connected. If you might have relationships in your personal life, whether your friends or your siblings, your parents, your spouse. Of course, you have relationships in your professional life with your boss or your coworkers, maybe parents and patients of who you work with. So there's so many different relationships in life. And really as a therapist and, you know, a practice owner, we're often thinking, you know, we just want to help people. So always keep that perspective. Always keep that perspective of we just want to help. And that'll help you in difficult times when you want to figure out how to make sure relationships are going in the right direction. If there's problems, confrontation that needs to happen, always keep help in the front of your mind and things will go well. Have you ever thought about how to break a relationship down? So a relationship is really just a series of different communications. And I find that in this world, in this culture we're in, many people don't know how to communicate. They don't communicate well. And so what I want to make sure as practice owners is that we have an amazing skill of communication because when you communicate well, you can truly help people. So whatever the determinator is of the best relationship, the success of a relationship, it's communication. And if you break down relationships that impact your practice, when you look at the owner's relationship with juniors, the owner's relationship to the staff, staff's relationship to parents, staff's relationship to patients, Maybe insurance collectors' relationships to the insurance company. Maybe it's your intake person's relationship to a new parent. There are so many relationships that impact your practice. If you could help each person be a more effective communicator, they could care more and they could help more. And that's what I want to make sure we focus on today. So the definition of communication, I've been fascinated with that when I actually learned a really broken down definition of communication. I learned this about 19 years ago. I was in a training and the definition that was shared with me was a definition by L. Ron Hubbard. And I was in a training with survival strategies and it was on referral development. So really it was getting out into the community, finding more people that I could help help their patients. So whether it's doctors helping their patients or daycares helping the children that they care for or parents helping their own children. It's just important that each person knows how to communicate. So here's the definition. Cause, distance, effect with intention, attention and duplication with understanding. So I'm going to say that again. I'm going to share it with you again because it's kind of a very long definition. Cause, distance, effect with intention, attention, attention with duplication, especially understanding. So here it is. You have to have a cause. You have to have something that you want to say that you want to be received by someone else. And you're you're saying this over a distance. So you have to have an appreciation that there's a distance between you and another person. You can't talk too quietly. You have to make sure you speak clearly because the information has to get from me to you. So you have to have a lot of intention. You have to want to make sure that what you're saying is actually going to get from you and be received by the other person. So you have to really push your 
words over them. You have to be very intentional that that person is going to understand what you have to say. You have to have that person's attention. If their back is to you, if they're paying attention to a screaming baby, you don't have their attention. So whatever you have to say is probably not going to be heard. Duplication. The person has to be able to duplicate everything that you said. Consider a professor talking to you. Say it's a professor of engineering talking to me, a physical therapist, and they're using big words that I'm not an engineer. I don't know what those words mean. Maybe you've been to a doctor one time and they used a lot of medical terms that you didn't know what they mean. That's just really scary. So you have to make sure that you're able to use words and say them. You have to speak the same language. Sometimes language barriers affect someone's ability to duplicate. You have to break down the communication in a way that the person that you're sharing that communication with can actually receive it, understand it, and duplicate it. And the last piece of this communication is understanding. And this is in all caps in the definition because if you don't make sure that all the things we just talked about with communication are in effect, the person is not going to understand. And if the person doesn't understand what you're saying, then it's useless. They can't duplicate it. They can't think with it. They can't agree or disagree with it because they just don't understand it. So I think it's neat to take into consideration that that's what communication is, a cause, distance, effect with intention, attention, and duplication with understanding. And if you break communication down and you actually think about it that way, I think you'll have more effective communication. You'll actually have success and less stress because of the lack of communication. Affinity, reality, and communication. Those are other pieces of communication and pieces of a relationship that I never appreciated before. Have you ever considered affinity in a relationship? Affinity is just how much you like somebody. Have you ever actually thought, huh, if I don't like that person or that person doesn't like me, then this probably isn't going to go well. I'm sure there's been people that you've tried to communicate with or actually avoided communicating with because you didn't like them. So the first piece of any kind of relationship or improving a relationship is that you actually have to find something about that person to like. So let's say it's a difficult parent that comes into your private practice. This parent is constantly causing problems. Well, a really easy thing that you guys can agree on and like is the child. Usually kids are pretty likable. So you can say, you know, I'm really glad that you're Johnny's mother. You're such a great mom. Mom, you bring him here every week so that we can help him. So I mean, that's something we can all agree upon. You don't have to like Johnny's mom, but at least you can agree that she's tries to be a great mom. She cares for Johnny. You care for Johnny. She brings him every week so that you can help him. She's just difficult when she's there every week, but she brings him every week. And then I think that you can see that there's a lot there that we can agree on. So then you have to look at reality. So reality is just that you see a situation in a similar manner. So for example, some people see blue as purple and some people see it as purple and some people see it as blue. So if you're always calling something purple and somebody else is going, that's crazy that she thinks it's purple, it's blue, they might not trust you or question other things that you might say. So for example, parents, they might think the price of your of your service isn't worth it. And you know how much goes into the service and all the bills that you have to pay. So you absolutely think it's worth it. So you don't have the same reality. I'm sure you run into that with your employees too. 
They think that they're worth more money than you're paying them. You'd probably like to pay some employees a million dollars. You just don't have a million dollars in the bank to pay them with. So you have to change that reality. Sometimes you have to let your staff know what kind of bills you do have to pay. Now, you don't have to let them know all of the bills, but you have to give them a good idea of how much taxes are, how much benefits are, how much payroll is every pay period to give them an idea of where this money goes and that it all can't go back into their paycheck. It's increasing the reality of communication. And the last thing is communication. Sometimes when you don't like somebody, you avoid them. Therefore, there's no communication. Sometimes when someone's difficult, you minimize the communication. You might have a difficult parent. You like the child that you see, but you might not spend a lot of time in the beginning and at the end of every treatment chatting with that parent. And that kind of might decrease how much the parent likes you or even the effectiveness that the parent leaves that you have with their child. You decrease the affinity, you decreased the reality, and now that really affects the communication. So consider that when you're trying to communicate. Consider if you can break down how much you like somebody, how much you agree on things, and what things you can agree on so that you can increase the communication, which is gonna truly, truly increase the relationship that you have with that person. I wanna propose to you that increasing communication, improving relationships, can actually increase your profitability. So consider intake communication. Consider the intakes that happen at your office. If that person isn't easy to understand, if her voice isn't welcoming and cheerful, if she's constantly cutting off the parent so that she can just quickly get the information into the computer, then the parent doesn't feel very wonderful about your practice and they maybe haven't even been there. So the intake communication can definitely change the relationship of the intake person with the new parent and it can improve the profitability if you can improve the way this communication goes. Benefit communication. Finances are the number one reason why people do not seek therapy. You know, money causes fear. And if parents aren't sure about this money and where it's gonna go and if they can afford it, if they don't truly understand their benefits, these misunderstoods, these lack of information, what is my benefit? Is insurance gonna pay for this therapy? How much am I gonna owe? Can I afford it? That's enough of a stopper for a parent to just say, we'll just try to work it out at home. So you wanna improve benefit communication. You want the person that shares the benefits with families to be very positive, to be upbeat, to be informed, to be able to ask questions and pick up on either nonverbals if this is being shared in person or pauses or a lack of questions that someone might answer if it's being shared on the phone so that you can make sure that you're explaining benefits in a way that the parent can understand it. You're making sure the realities are the same. You don't want a lot of misunderstoods where they don't understand what a deductible is. They don't understand what a copay or a coinsurance is. Scheduling communication. The person that schedules an appointment can absolutely affect your productivity and your profitability if they don't make it very clear on when the appointment is, if it's a different appointment than the last time they came, and make sure that the parent actually knows when and where they should be so that they get to their appointment rescheduling communication. There's communication cycles that happen about rescheduling appointments. When someone calls in to cancel and they say, Johnny's sick, and you just say, okay, we'll see you next week. Or do they actually have some care and say, 
I'm really sorry to hear Johnny sick. We're going to miss seeing him today, but I hope that he feels better. And I'll tell you what, we have an appointment on Thursday to get him in with Sally. So let's go ahead and get him in. That's three days from now. Surely Johnny will feel better by then. We'll get him in on Thursday and there won't be any interruptions to his care. He can continue to make progress to his goals. You'll feel great for being his mom and being able to handle him being sick and at the same time handling his therapy needs. So we'll see you Thursday at two. So changing the way those communications are trained up and show a lot of caring and concern about the situation, but also getting Johnny back in can increase your profitability. Progress. There's progress communication. Communication and making sure that parents know what goals we're working on, that they're the goals the parents want to work on as well, what progress we're making to the goals each week, what we plan on doing next week so that we make sure that they come back. If Johnny is out next week or the therapist is out next week to make sure that they reschedule with someone else because it's important that we continue to work towards Johnny's progress. So there's lots and lots of different kinds of communication and all of those communications involve improving relationships, improving the communication cycle, which is going to lead to better profitability for you. Handling an angry parent or person, it doesn't have to be a parent at work always, it could be a person in your life. You know, it's, it's about confronting with caring. It's about always wanting to help. No matter how much you like or dislike this person, you truly still wanna help and you want this situation to go better. You wanna be a great listener. You wanna take in information and find out what is going on. What is making this parent unhappy? What's making them so crazy that they're yelling at me? And getting upset yourself and getting stressed up yourself is not gonna help the situation at all. Be calm, be a good listener, completely validate everything they have to say. Whether you learn how to do nonverbal validations by just nodding your head or looking very caring with a gentle nod, or you say, I understand, I can hear that you're unhappy, and really giving lots of encouragement and validation so that you can listen and understand the whole situation. Once you understand the perspective of the other person, it's much easier for you to handle the situation. It allows you to be assertive and effective and not aggressive. So you have this person coming at you very aggressively, but they don't have any of the data, any of the information on what's happening on your side of the relationship, on your side of the communication. So if you listen and validate and keep encouraging them to share, well, what else is causing you concern? Tell me more about that. You're able to get them to release that aggressive behavior that they have so that you can really appreciate where they're coming from. This allows you to be assertive. It allows you to communicate in a super clear fashion, respecting their rights and their feelings, standing up for your own rights so that you're not taken advantage of because you were effectively listening. Then you're going to be able to clearly communicate your own needs in a short, concise, and effective manner so that you get the result that you want with effective communication. That is being assertive. Being effective is that you're successful in getting the desired result that you want. Being efficient is that you're going to maximize the productivity with minimal wasted effort or time. So that's what being assertive is. You're going to be effective and efficient in your confrontation, but you're going to do it in a way that gets the desired result that you want. I want to empower you to use effective and assertive communication in order for you to get control over your situation, over the stressors in your life, over the problems. 
Once you've listened and you've validated the concerns the parents have, now you're able to take those concerns and break them down into solutions. How are you together going to handle each one of those? Once you've told this person, this angry person that you agree, you can understand how they would be angry. And usually I like to find something. Let's say they're angry about their bill. You can say, you know, insurance is really frustrating. I agree. It's confusing. Deductibles, co-insurance, co-pays. You know, I agree. It makes me angry sometimes. Just like you, I can just feel your anger. It makes me angry when I don't understand my bill and I don't understand why I thought I was only going to have to pay $20 and now I owe $75. I understand. And I want to help you with that. Would that be okay? Would it be okay with you if now that I understand where you're coming from and I appreciate that you're angry, if I can help you? By saying that, you totally shut down that anger. Now this person gets a little quiet, maybe a little humble, and maybe they begin listening because now they feel you're caring and they want to know. And they understand that you just want to help. So you continue your assertiveness and not aggressiveness. You're standing up for yourself. You're listening. You know, people become aggressive when they have fear, when they're afraid. They're afraid of being disliked. They're afraid of owing money. They use aggressiveness. But you have to take your professional maturity and not have this fear. And you're just going to have confidence. And you're going to listen. And you're going to validate. And then you're going to be assertive. And you can say, you can use this three-step approach. You can say, when you do this, when you come into our office and you're very angry and you're shouting, then you talk about the effects are... The effects are my staff gets very concerned. My staff maybe has some fear and they don't know how to handle that. Then you say, I prefer, say, I prefer that you come in and you share your concern and you ask for some help with the problem. You ask for more information for understanding and then we can help you. So when you do this, the effects are this, I prefer this. And you use that strategy to even train your staff, train your parents so that there's not a lot of emotion, especially negative emotion, attached to their communication, attached to their confrontation. And, I, and I, I'm not trying to say that you don't want to feel emotion, but you don't want to have too much emotion attached to a situation that affects your ability to stay calm, cool, and collected and actually be able to problem solve. So here's another example. Let's say it's your insurance collector on the phone with an insurance company. You want to be able to make sure your insurance collector makes a call one time and actually gets results. So they say to the insurance company, look, We've called before, and every time I call, somebody tells me something different. It's very frustrating. It wastes time at your company, and it wastes my time at our company. I feel disrespected. Here's the situation. I want to go over this one time with you. I want to feel sure that you understand the situation and that you're going to process it correctly the first time. I want to trust that you're going to follow through and actually get the claim paid correctly the first time you try. Do you think you can agree to do that? So you're very assertive, you break it down, you show what's happened with past experience and you get agreement. You are confronting with assertiveness, but not aggressiveness. This needs to become the pattern with how you live your life, how you help others, and how you train others to either do their own job, live their own life, or communicate with you. I promise you, if you learn how to do this yourself and you train those around you to do it as well, there will be less stress coming back 
to you. It is so important for you to understand relationship. To understand relationship is a series of communications. To understand how to improve the communication by breaking it down, being super intentional, and making sure that you have affinity and reality so that you can actually get communication. You can actually get duplication of what you're saying that is actually understood that you know how to be assertive and not aggressive. You'll have people that are aggressive coming at you, and the first thing I want you to hear and say to yourself is, I'm going to be assertive. I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to be aggressive. I'm not going to be mad. I'm just going to be assertive. I'm going to listen. I'm going to gather information. I'm going to be super intentional with this information. I'm going to validate everything they say. I'm going to be caring. And when you do all of that and you validate the anger that this person has coming at you, it literally dissolves it. It shuts it down. They become open-minded to hear what you have to say because they don't want to feel this negative emotion. And they actually, even if you're the cause of their anger, they're kind of surprised the way you're approaching the situation and they become more open-minded to hear what you have to say. Difficult situations are part of everyone's life. Employers and employees may not get along. Partners might clash over money. You might be in an argument with your spouse or your best friend. If you ignore the situations, they just get worse. They don't just go away. Your employee may get fired, they might quit, partnerships or marriages break up, everyone is just miserable. So it's important that you handle situations head on. You don't wait and worry about it, which is what most people do. That just allows the situation to get worse and it makes you stress over it. You don't attack the person. That just creates more rage, more anger, gives you a bad reputation, and it actually reduces honest communication. You don't disconnect from the problem. You don't make sure that you distance yourself from the person or from the problem because that just means your employee is going to quit. Your friends are going to go away. It creates more problems with your spouse or your significant other. The best solution is to confront and handle people. But remember, be assertive, not aggressive. Make sure you resolve the problem and you will feel amazing. You will feel in control of your life. Not only will you have conquered the other person, but you've also conquered your fear, your fear of the problem, your fear of the situation, your fear of the person. There are very few things in life that are more satisfying than be able to overcome, to be able to confront something difficult, face it head on and make it go away, actually handling it with a positive outcome. The more frequently that you confront and you handle difficult situations and difficult people, the easier it will become for you. The amount of time that you spend stressing about it and figuring out how to handle the situation will be diminished. You will become a stronger, more confident, more effective, more assertive person. When you confront and you handle everybody around you, they actually respect you for it. They think that you have courage. They think that you're honest and they realize that you're in control of the situation. People actually become more productive around you. They seek you out for mentorship and your enemies, they go away. They get off your bus. They're not half on, half off your bus because they become more productive because they learn from your example to handle their own situations. There are less problems at your work. There's less stress. There's less chitter chat, the negative chitter chat. And that's why 
people become more productive. I promise you, I promise if you consider some of these points that I've suggested, the stress in your life will go away and your relationships, whether personal or professional, will become more effective. Take positive organized action despite fear that you have of people or situations and get courage like all successful people have that you must have in order to succeed. Be the CEO. Don't have fear. Take on the next challenge head on. Break it down into smaller problems just to be handled. Be assertive. Break them down and handle them and you will find success in profitability. Take the time to appreciate whether it's verbal or written. Make sure that you take the time to appreciate all those people around you. Keep it simple. Have you ever heard that? The KISS, keep it simple, stupid. I always think it's funny because it's a simple acronym, but keep it simple. A kind word, a nice email, take a little mini Hershey's chocolate and put it on someone's desk just to say thank you. Write out, for us it's crayons, that's our logo. Write out a little crayon just to say, I think you're doing amazing today. Thank you for working so hard. You could put a piece of candy with it or you don't have to. Just a simple note will be amazing. It'll go a long way. It could just be a sticky note that you put on somebody's, the the steering wheel of your husband's car and the lunchbox of your child. I hope you have an amazing day and it'll make somebody smile. Like I said, simple, inexpensive, and often. Do it as often as you can. Thank you for listening and being a valued member of the Pizza Palooza community. More information can be found on our Facebook group, Pizza Palooza Community and Conferences, or at pizzapalooza.net. If you liked what you heard, pay it forward. Please share with another pediatric private practice owner so they can get the help they deserve.